right, brethren. We'll start uh, in Revelation chapter 14. After a quick review from uh, Sunday as we began to study the doctrine of the return of Christ, eschatology, this will be part two. Um, if you remember from the two passages that we read were Matthew chapter 13 and in that passage there was a parable of a field which the field is the world in the explanation that Jesus gives to it. Jesus is the good man that sows good seed in his field. The good seed are you, the righteous. The enemy comes at night and he sows bad seed in the field. The bad seed is the wicked. Then the servants of the farmer or the good man, they say, we'll go root them out. As they grew, they could see that there were tares. And the servants said, didn't you sow good seed? And he said, an enemy hath done this. They said, let us go root them out. And he said, no, let both grow together until the harvest. And he warned the servants, he said, lest you root up the wheat also. And so they both grew together until the harvest. In the explanation of the parable, the harvest is the end of the world, the end of the age. Uh, the wicked are taken and bundled and burned, and the wheat are gathered into the garner of the good man, which is Jesus Christ. We then went to Matthew chapter 25. It's similar, but it adds a detail. There's a great gathering of all people. Uh, they come up before the Lord. In fact, let me just read to you. Go back to Matthew 25, 31 and 32. I just want to read just a few short passages there to refresh your mind. So again, this is similar to Matthew 13 in that there is a great gathering of all peoples. A gathering. Notice it starts, and we know this is the coming of the Son of Man because it says, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him. So there's that detail. Then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. So it's the throne of judgment. We know that by what follows in this passage of scripture verse 32 says before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats so we see that he comes and there's a great gathering of all nations now there's other details that are going to come in weeks to come there's the resurrection there's the dead there's the righteous we're not going to cover that tonight but i'm just reviewing this this evening for the righteous, he says this in verse 34, the king shall say, and it's very interesting here that he says this kind of before the judgment. There at the judgment, he says, the king shall say unto them on his right hand, after he's moved them over, he says, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he goes on to say why. And then in verse 41, he says to the wicked, then shall he say also to them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46, 
These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So there's the correlation of the tares being burned up and the righteous being taken in. So there's similar details from Matthew 13 to Matthew 25. Now as we move to Revelation 14, I want you to see a correlation in this passage with Matthew 13. Revelation chapter 14. And remember, it's also got a correlation uh, with Matthew 25 because the king comes with all of his holy angels with him. So here in verse 14 of chapter 14, Revelation, And I looked and behold a white cloud. Behold a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having his, on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. So this is the correlation with Matthew 13. In fact, the correlation with 25 is actually coming later. It's not in this one. Verse 15, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, and that's the Son of Man, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So it's the great harvest of the earth, of humans, humanity. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, there's more reaping to come. It appears from this part that that's the Lord gathering the righteous. But now in verse 17, or verse 18, it says, And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud voice, or with a loud cry, rather, to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, and her grapes are fully ripe, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Now, we know that that's not the righteous, that's the wicked. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and the blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse's bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now, I think that's symbolic language. I don't think that's literal. I think that's symbolic language of the wine of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God against the wicked there. So I, I want you to see the correlation between Matthew 13 and Revelation 14 of a great gathering. Now here's the next thing I want you to see from the Word of God about the return of Christ. When Christ returns, it is going to be shockingly sudden. I thought about that all today and, and yesterday. I'm out cutting the grass. I was out there and my drive belt came off. And so I had to go tow the lawnmower. Of course, that doesn't make you a happy camper. But I'm thinking to myself, what if the Lord comes back right now? And so, um, beloved, when he comes back, it will be shockingly sudden. It will be very loud and noisy. And there will be many humans on this planet that it will strike terror into it will strike terror into them now listen for you who are in christ we are described in the scriptures as those that look for his coming we're the lookers we're the watchers 
we're the ones that that's where our citizenship is. So we're looking for the king to come. And listen, there'll be no mistaking what will be taking place when the king comes. There'll be no mistaking it. He will not return secretly. He will not return with silence. But there will be a great noise. In fact, we'll see these scriptures in a moment. There'll be a, a great noise. What will that noise be like? I think it'll be like a rushing wind. Because the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, we'll see this in a moment, that the heavens shall pass away. means perish. It's like everything in the heavens, they, will, they have run their course, basically. The sun, the moon, and the stars, uh, all the constellations, they've run their course. They've finished their course. The earth, the moon, the sun, the stars have finished their work and shall depart the heavens. In fact, the passage we're going to read says the heavens shall roll up like a scroll. It's like it's going to be taken away. So again, beloved, when Christ returns, it will be very loud and noisy. God will fold up the heavens like a scroll. There will be a heavenly shout from Michael, I believe, the archangel. And there will be the sound of a great trumpet. Revelation says the last or seventh trumpet. Beloved, when all this happens, time shall be no more. It will be the last literal day. When all this happens, every, listen, every ear shall hear, hear it. You know, Jesus speaks in the word of God, says these people, they have eyes, but they cannot see. And they have ears, but they cannot hear. Not on that day. Every eye shall see. Even the ones that didn't want to see. And every ear shall hear. Everybody's going to know. Because that trumpet call is going to be the Lord Jesus on that white horse with the armies of heaven behind him and gathering his saints and coming to destroy the earth. Now, look at Matthew 24. So remember, we said, this, uh, basically, it's going to be shockingly sudden. Now, Jesus uses the time of Noah. And in Luke which is a synoptic passage to this. It's not in this passage, I don't believe. Uh, Luke also uses Sodom and Gomorrah, which is not here. And we won't read Luke just for the sake of time. But in the days of Noah, it was over 100 years that Noah's building the ark. And Noah, the Bible says, is a preacher of righteousness. So Noah's saying, it's going to rain. What are you doing, Noah? I'm building a boat. A boat? Yeah, it's going to rain. Rain, what's that? Because... Uh, in that time, it hadn't rained. The, a, a mist went up from the earth. And so he said, it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Unless you come in this ark, unless you come into it, you'll, you'll die. The ark is a type of Christ. Come into Christ. Come into the ark and be safe. So he's building for 120 years. People are saying, this guy, Noah, he's out of his mind. Well, the time came where God said, Noah, get your wife. Get your three sons and get their wives and go in the ark. And the Bible says God shut him in. And then there, it rained, but also the great fountains of the deep were broken up. Water, water exploded up from the ground and it covered the face of all the land. And so Jesus uses that. So shockingly sudden. Think of all the people that heard Noah's preaching all that time. And now the door shut. 
I doubt not that they were beating on the side of that wooden casket looking boat. But it says in verse 36, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be like that. For in, as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. I doubt not that there was a bride and groom putting the rings on their fingers. It's going to be like that when Jesus comes back, beloved. And it says in verse 40, Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. And the idea is that suddenly one's going to be taken and suddenly one's going to be left. This is going to be a sudden thing. He says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. So watch ye. So we're watchers, beloved. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what hour the thief would come, he, wouldn't, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. So in such an hour that you don't think. So again, suddenly. Now turn to 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. So really the, the main idea this evening is that it's going to be sudden. It's going to be loud. There's going to be a trumpet. There's going to be a shout from the voice of the archangel. And this earth and world as you see it and know it is going to pass away here. Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Very surprisingly suddenly in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise see there's that great noise what'll that sound like i don't know but it'll be a great noise and there'll be no mistaking it and notice the elements shall melt they'll dissolve with a fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up and so there's the day of the Lord coming as a thief in the night and there are the heavens and the constellations and everything in them passing away. Now 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51 and 52. Just two verses. This is that great chapter about the resurrection and we'll be back here, no doubt. But for, for now, we're just talking about the actual time when Jesus arrives when he breaks through the clouds of heaven. In verse 51, 1551, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And so there's this supernatural change that will take place for those that are still alive and for the righteous that will come out of the graves. And he says in Really, we'll get to that later, the resurrection and the changing of the righteous. But here he says the, the speed at which it will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, 
and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So this is this has a specificity just to the righteous, this passage here. But we could see there that it'll happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Listen, it's going to be, I believe, as if when it happens, it's already going to have happened. It's, it's, it's going to have happened, and all of a sudden, all of these things are going to happen, and, and we're going to find ourselves gathered before the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ in the heavens. I mean, it, it's going to be that fast, I believe. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which correlates with this passage, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13, here the Apostle Paul, he also writes about that day, very similar to 1 Corinthians 15, and he also mentions the archangel, the shout, and the trump of God. Verse 13, he says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. So there's the shout. We already know that the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. There's the voice of Michael the archangel. I believe it's his voice. And with the trump of God. So there's the trumpet again. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, the, the remainder of our passages here will be in Revelation. Turn to chapter 1, Revelation 1. And I want you to see the common link between all of these passages. So we know we'll be going back and talking about a resurrection. We know that there will be those that are still alive and remain that are righteous that will be changed and taken up. Here in Revelation 1 and verse 7, I love this passage. Behold, he cometh with the clouds. We saw that in the other passages as well. And notice, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. And you see that, even so, amen? You know what that means? It means yes, amen. That's what it means. It means amen, amen. It's an amen with emphasis. Now turn over to Revelation 6 and verse 12. Revelation 6 and verse 12. And this is the opening of the sixth seal. John writes, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. 
and the heaven departed as a scroll. It goes along with what Peter said, doesn't it? The heavens shall dissolve. So the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said unto the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Now back up to Second Thessalonians. I want to I fill one in here and then go to Revelation 11. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, correlates with Matthew 25, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Punished from the presence of the Lord. It's like being banished. And it says, when does this happen? Verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe in that day. If you take away the parenthetical, if you take away the parenthetical expression briefly just to read the verse, it helps you to understand it. Now the parentheses is there. Notice it says, and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed, and then you see in that day. So read it without the parentheses and with the parentheses. So it would be when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe in that day. In what day? In the day when Christ returns. And so now back to a, a Revelation chapter 11. So you see all the similar things. These are all passages and we have details from the word of God of what's going to be going on in that day, on that day when Jesus returns. Revelation eleven fourteen. This is the third woe, and this is also the seventh trumpet. And remember what 1 Thessalonians said, uh, actually 1 Corinthians says the last trump. Or when the trumpet shall sound. Or was it First Thessalonians that says the last trump? One of those two has the last trump. Let me, find, let me find out which one it is. I think it might be... No, the last trump is First Corinthians 15. So here, in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 14, we see the second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats 
fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead, that they should be judged. We saw that. And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings, and an earthquake and great hail. So we see the suddenness. It's when the Lord Jesus returns, it'll be shockingly sudden. It will be noisy when he returns. There will be a great trumpet when he returns, and there will be the voice of the archangel. Now, I'll go as far to say, will it be an actual literal trumpet? I don't know. I think so. Um, what will that shout sound like? I think it'll be the shout of the archangel. Um, I think that when the heavens pass away, it'll be, as the scripture says, there will be a great noise. Now listen, on that day, every scoffer, every mocker, every atheist, every hater of Christ, and every other category of unbeliever who challenged God to show himself will see him. And it will not be a Christ that they want to see. They should have wanted to see the Lamb of God who taketh away sin. But now they will see the Lion of the tribe of Judah with fire in his eyes. And he's not going to come with mercy the second time. He is going to come with vengeance. But not you, child of God. Listen, here's where he is our blessed hope. And that's what I want you to see as we finish. You are not to be like the wicked. Jesus to you does not come back as a thief in the night. You are not like those that sleep in the night. You're not like those that are drunken in the night. In fact, turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll just look at a few passages. Listen, the return of Christ should greatly encourage every one of us. He picks up after he talks about the Lord descending. And in chapter 5, verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians, he said, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation 
by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you do. And so, beloved, this is our great encouragement. Now look over at Hebrews, just a few more passages to encourage you. And listen, the doctrine of the second coming of Christ should be as a frontlet between our eyes, before our eyes. We should consider it every single day. Uh, Hebrews 9.27 tells us, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, that's you, Christian, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And so, beloved, that's what we wait for. And then uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus 2 and verse 11. I'll read Philippians 3.20 and then I'll go to Titus 2.11. But in Philippians 3.20, Paul says, For our conversation means our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We look for him. We're to be lookers every single day. And listen, Always remember to go back to Second Peter. Seeing then that all these things shall come to pass, knowing that Christ is going to return, what manner of person ought I to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And so he says that. So he says, We look for the Savior who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Of course, he talks about the resurrection. And now finally, Titus 2.11. Titus 2.11. Scripture says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly, in this present world, means in this present age, looking for that blessed hope, means expecting it, awaiting it, anticipating it. So looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now I pray that you've taken note of those passages. I didn't say a whole lot about them because I don't think there's a whole lot you need to say about them. I think you can you can take Matthew 13, I think you can take Matthew 25. I think you can take Revelation 14. I think you can take Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. I think you can take these passages in 2 Peter, 1 Corinthians, and also in the Revelation, 1 2 Thessalonians. And I think you can take and you can see a common thread through all of these things. You can see that Christ is going to come back. On that day when he returns, there's going to be a trumpet. It's going to be the last trumpet. There's going to be a great noise. The heavens will pass away. There's going to be a shout from the archangel. And then 
there's going to be a great gathering of all people to the judgment of the great day. Uh, I think that we will see that. Jesus is going to come in the clouds with all of his holy angels with him. And then, beloved, that's going to be the end of the age. And then that will usher in. The return of Christ ushers in the age which is to come. It's not here yet. We're in this present evil age. But that'll be the end of the age when time shall be no more. Now, next time, we'll move into the, the resurrection and the change of those that are still here. Uh, there'll be the resurrection of the just and the unjust. And we'll see in the scriptures in John chapter 5, uh, we'll see several other scriptures that show that this is a revelation that happens at once. It's one resurrection. It's of the just and of the unjust. It's of the righteous and the wicked. We'll even go back to the Old Testament to see that. Um, so, and again, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. But beloved, this is a, it is a wonderful truth and a wonderful doctrine. And listen, like I said last week, there are some difficult things in eschatology, in the doctrine of the return of Christ, but there are many very easily understood things. And beloved, God desires that you would know his will in this and that you would understand what's going to happen on that day. Uh, and so I pray the Lord will help you with that as you study it for yourself. Amen. Let's dismiss in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you, Father, that you've promised that you will return. Uh, Father, just as the apostles stood on uh, that mountain uh, in Acts chapter 1, and the angels told the apostles that this same Jesus shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Lord, I pray that, Father, we would always keep that as a frontlet between our eyes. Father, that we would always be watching and looking uh, for, the, for, the, for our blessed hope and the appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, may that be our great hope every single day. May it motivate us and help us to keep pushing forward, Father, to know that one day we will finish our course. Father, whether it be that you take us up or whether it be that we go to the grave until that time. But Father, we look to you no matter what. We look to you by faith and we thank you so much for our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation of our souls, Father. Uh, we are eternally grateful and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.